tell our kids, put your thinking cap on, turn your listening ears on. I hope the next person can listen when they come in and realize there's a lot to learn. Welcome to MCV Cast. I'm Aaron Murphy, Executive Director of Montana Conservation Voters. That was Martha Williams, the Director of the Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. We'll hear more from Martha about the future of FWP and Montana's public lands under a new administration in a few moments. I'm here with Deputy Director Whitney Taney and Political Director Jake Brown. We want to start this week's episode with a thank you. Thank you to everyone who has given so generously to MCV and to the MCV Education Fund as we kicked off our end-of-year fundraising efforts this past Giving Tuesday. This podcast and all the work we do is not possible without the support of our members. We appreciate you keeping MCV in mind as we close out 2020. And if you haven't done so, we invite you to check out mtvoters.org slash donate. We've made it easy. This is also the final episode of our third season of MCV Cast. We're already gearing up for our fourth season of the podcast beginning in early January. We will have lots to cover with Greg Gianforte moving into the governor's mansion, a new legislature, and new members of the land board. MCV's mission to hold our elected leaders accountable will be more important than ever, and in fact, we're ramping up MCV Cast to ensure that we're doing everything we can do to educate and engage all Montanans. And we'll have a whole new slate of guests. This is our 32nd episode of MCV Cast since we launched this podcast back in April. All back episodes, by the way, are available online. Just find them at mtvoters.org slash podcast. President Trump continues to deny the results of the November 3rd election. MTN News reports that Senator Steve Daines and Governor-elect Gianforte are also not acknowledging the results of the election. But Jake Brown, there's no denying Montana's election results are final. That's right, Murph. Montana's Republican Secretary of State, Corey Stapleton, has officially certified the results of Montana's general election. The Board of Canvassers has signed off on the certification, but only after completing an audit of several races and precincts to ensure that the vote counts are accurate. Normally, this whole process is something that would be a blip on the radar for most, but with the attention around the legitimacy of our elections, the whole certification process is under scrutiny. In other political news, Governor-elect Gianforte has tapped conservative lawyer Anita Milanovic as his general counsel and Kurt Almey as budget director. Milanovic's Butte-based practice has a long history of fighting for the conservative policies, including religious schools and anti-choice causes. Milanovic is affiliated with another controversial lawyer, James Bopp. The Bopp law firm led the charge on the unpopular Citizens United lawsuit and Supreme Court decision, which opened the floodgates to all dark money in U.S. elections. More recently, Bopp and Milanovic led the GOP lawsuit this fall, claiming Governor Bullock's decision to hold an all-mail-in election was unconstitutional. Kurt Almey is the former director of the Montana Department of Revenue and is charged with cutting spending. With a new appointment to budget director, Almey leaves his post as U.S. Attorney for Montana, which opens up the spot to be appointed by President-elect Joe Biden. And speaking of Biden, we are relieved to report that the President-elect is making climate change one of his top priorities of his incoming administration. To end this crisis, the whole world must come together. You're right to rejoin Paris on day one, and you're right to recognize that Paris alone is not enough. That's former Secretary of State and 2004 presidential candidate John Kerry, Biden's new climate czar. 
President-elect Biden calls the threat of climate change an existential threat to humanity, and the work ahead will require an all-hands-on-deck effort to reverse climate breakdown. At the global meeting in Glasgow one year from now, all nations must raise ambition together, or we will all fail together. And failure is not an option. Secretary of State Kerry will not need to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate, the control of which is still unclear until January's special Senate elections in Georgia. By the way, President-elect Biden plans to name more conservation-related cabinet members before the holidays. Those positions include Administrator of the EPA and the U.S. Interior Secretary. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has released a new proposal that would list the whitebark pine, a high-elevation pine tree found in Montana, as a threatened species under the Endangered Species Act. The proposal acknowledges something that environmentalists have been arguing for a while, that the future of whitebark pine is threatened for a number of reasons. Wildfire caused by climate change, bark beetles, and a non-native fungal disease have all led to the decline of the important tree species. Officials now believe that more than half of all white bark pines are now dead. Although listing the trees under the Endangered Species Act is a step in the right direction, they do not plan to designate which forest habitats will be critical for the tree's recovery, a decision that has received criticism from environmental groups. The Fish and Wildlife Service does have some planned steps to encourage the pine tree's recovery, which will be included in a draft of the restoration plan, which will be released later this year. Late this week, the Trump administration took another step toward opening the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to controversial drilling. It's a last-minute push to put coal in the stockings of conservationists as President Trump leaves office. The decision Thursday will auction off drilling rights to Anwar on January 6th, just before Joe Biden is sworn into office. The Bureau of Land Management was supposed to wait until the end of a comment period before scheduling an auction date. But under the failed leadership of a legal acting director, William Perry Penley, remember him, that won't happen. If the Trump administration finalizes leases by the January 20th inauguration, it will be difficult for President Biden to revoke them. The Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks is looking into the grizzly deaths of three grizzly bears in western Montana. In all three cases, the bears appear to have been killed by humans, then dumped. In one of the killings, someone removed the legs of the bear. Looking into the disturbing deaths of wild animals in our state is one of the key responsibilities of FWP, and its outgoing director is this week's guest. Martha Williams has served as director of the Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks since early 2017. She's an avid outdoors woman who previously worked as an attorney for FWP, as a University of Montana professor, and also for the U.S. Department of Interior. Martha, we should note that your position is part of Governor Steve Bullock's cabinet, which means your time at FWP is coming to an end. Thank you for your service to the state and welcome to MCVCast. Well, hi, Whitney, and thank you for having me. We want to start by asking, where are you going? What's next? Gosh, what's next? I don't know what's next, but my pat answer has been, I still have a job to do. Um, Now it's, it's, it may be coming to an end, but I still have lots of work to do in this last month. And I plan to give it my all and not be looking elsewhere at the moment. 
Martha, Governor Bullock appointed you to lead uh, the department in early 2017. What is the mission of FWP and the agency's role in protecting Montana's outdoors and the heritage that comes along with it? I'm so glad you asked that, Erin. So Montana's mission is to steward the fish, wildlife, parks, and recreational resources of Montana and to do so for current and future generations. And what we think of that is really our mission or our job is to protect the integrity of the resources that make Montana, Montana. I believe that everyone who works at Fish, Wildlife and Parks, we're lucky enough to work for an agency where we do something we all really care about. That's great. So what are you most proud of in your tenure as FWP director? And what's the biggest challenge over the past four years? <laughs> I'm most proud of our team. Uh, to be honest, I think of, well, I think of when I stepped into this job, a number of my friends, I think a lot of people thought I was crazy and um, that it would be hard. And sure, there are days where it's hard. But as it's coming to an end, I keep reflecting on how privileged I feel to have been the director to work for this department. And that um, I just told my neighbor the other day, she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, but I feel like every minute that I've put in, I have been rewarded back tenfold more, that it's just been a really rewarding experience. So um What am I most proud of? I'm most proud of the team and the team effort it requires for fish, wildlife, and parks to deliver on its mission. I'm most proud of um, how, gosh, everybody pulls together to deliver. I think of um, our vision, you know, our North Star that says um, fish, wildlife, and parks will be a responsive and relevant and resilient agency with public support to lead the way in making sure the resources we steward are an essential part of the Montana culture, of our economy, and of our way of life. And I think of of the way that COVID hit the state and how Fish, Wildlife, and Parks staff responded um, really demonstrated that people, we are relevant. The resources we steward are clearly relevant. People really cared about and relished and needed those outdoor experiences, um, that they stepped up to the plate and were responsive and were resilient and keeping parks open, keeping fishing access sites open. Our enforcement staff, you know, didn't miss a beat. Our front desk staff, you know, didn't miss a beat. That even though it was tough, we kept our operations um, going. And I think really showed how much what we do matters and that we put our all into it. So I'm proud of that. Martha, what about the biggest challenge uh, over the past four years, just in terms of your day-to-day work or the political landscape that you have to deal with? Well, you know, I I bet I'm going to answer with what you wouldn't expect. I think um, stepping into the agency, I just found, this was really fun. Um, I just found a note that I wrote literally on my first day here. 
And quote, I said, if I can leave this agency that I love and the resources that we steward healthier and better functioning, better able to resume our athletic stance or, you know, to be like that ponderosa pine um, and withstand all that comes its way, I'd be happy. And that was my first day. And I think back on um, the challenges that we have faced, aquatic invasive species, chronic wasting disease, obviously, you know, um, controversy from time to time, um, you know, a massive increase in use, a massive humanity wanting to get outside, which we love. I mean, I think even the political times that we're in, those are the obvious challenges. But what was the hardest for me, I think, was to try to move the needle a little bit on our culture and um, the way the agency did its business. And that includes the business of managing people. So the most challenging part, I think, sometimes is the human resources piece of it. And that requires attention. I think in the end, that's one of our biggest challenges is um, managing people both internally and externally. Hmm. One of the most important state initiatives that we track closely here at MCV is Habitat Montana. Would you mind explaining it? Just give us a quick overview of, of what the program does, but more importantly, what's been its impact in your mind and in your career at FWP? Oh, um, well, you know, I think Habitat Montana I love, I think it's become um, sort of an icon. It's become larger than life or bigger than I think what it was even set out to, to be at first. And so Habitat Montana is really a remarkable program um, compared to some other states. It's been in place, but I think since 1984, it sets aside a portion of licenses for acquisitions of interest in land. So whether it's a conservation easement or a lease or buying the land outright um, for conservation, for habitat conservation. But with that, what people, I think those who maybe don't love it miss is it's set up to be a win-win. It is, it's voluntary. So it allows many families, um, family ranches to stay on the land where they get some monetary help in return for um, conserving the habitat and also allowing access um, to their land. So it's it's been amazing. And I just looked at a list, you know, this is, it's a pro and con depending on where you're coming from. But we now, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks manages over a million acres of land. And I think that's that's a legacy to be proud of. And, and we owe that to many partners. We don't do that alone. So, so I think Habitat Montana stands for this program that we all pay into, we all put into to work collaboratively with other organizations where we leverage money and it allows um, Montana families to stay on the land while conserving habitat and allowing access. Pretty darn cool. Super cool. So during this most recent election, Montana voters overwhelmingly passed a ballot measure to legalize marijuana with tax revenue benefiting veterans 
Health Service, and Montana's public lands. It's estimated our public lands will receive an additional $20 million per year through this initiative. What could this mean for Montana and our public lands? Uh, well, so, you know, because it's an initiative, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, um, we did not weigh into this whatsoever um, before the election, even though we stood to benefit from it, um, you know, not to influence an election or initiative. But now that it's passed, I can say that um, it would be a game changer, you know, for for many years, for decades, people have been looking for a way to adequately fund infrastructure in, in state parks, our public lands, and have a way to pay into this conservation that's not all on the backs of um, anglers and um, people hunting and buying licenses. So it really does what I think people have set out to do for a long time um, and could be a game changer. But with that, I'm, you know, I'm hearing, I'm sure you are too, lots of um, discussion and effort on where that money might go. So all along, I haven't um, counted on it, uh, but it would certainly be a game changer and help us take care of what we've got. What do you think is the most important thing for your successor to know as you pass the baton? And what advice might you have for her or him? Oh, Oh my word. I haven't um I try not to be an advice giver. I have thought through what can I do that will best help the next director. And I'm planning on leaving a book um that explains just who Fish Wildlife and Parks is, you know, what is our mission, what are our core beliefs, um, you know, how do we achieve our mission, what is our North Star vision vision, what does it look like? when um, we do our work well, what are our different programs, um, who do we partner with, etc. to kind of leave that person the lay of the land. Um, and I don't know if I have advice for them, except that I've done my best to leave the agency in a better spot than I got it. And I would have a request of the next director to do the same um, and wouldn't assume to tell them how to do it. Well, I guess the advice I would give is, you know, there's a balance and it's a pretty careful balance. So I would say be careful in how far you go one way or another. And um, what did we used to do? tell our kids, put your thinking cap on, turn your listening ears on. I hope the next person can listen when they come in and realize there's a lot to learn. Let me, one other thought is, I guess I know a lot more now than I did when I started. And I wish I knew it when I started. And I think of how much more I could have gotten done. So I hope for the next person, they have the ability to listen and be humble and recognize that there is a delicate balance um, to pay attention to. Martha, we're watching Governor-elect Gianforte piece together his cabinet and form various committees to advise him in the process. He recently set up a committee specifically to recommend candidates to be the next FWP director. Any reactions from your end to the individuals on that committee or their work so far? <laughs> 
I'm sorry, you can't see me laughing. Um, <laughs> I'm not laughing because I didn't know about that committee until uh, Nick Mott from Montana Public Radio called me about it and I responded to him, oh, great, am I on it? Do I get to be on the committee that hires my replacement? Um, you know, I assumed that I wouldn't stay on based on how the governor-elect ran his campaign. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's a little disheartening to hear it uh, from a reporter. You know, I think there's some very good people on the committee. I have to say I am proud to serve a governor who wouldn't tolerate some of the behavior of what we've seen on the committee. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and I wish them well. And I don't, I, that's probably all I can say. <laughs> so with COVID, Montana has seen a significant rise in and out of state um, visitors flocking to and enjoying our public lands, especially our state parks. How has that affected your work and what should we anticipate heading into a new year during a pandemic? Wow, I think COVID um, drastically impacted our work. You know, when it first came, it was trying to keep our doors open, understand how to keep our staff safe, and um, at the same time, keeping our public lands open, realizing how important they were to everyone. You know, with um, we believe in and, you know, our tagline is the outside is in us all. We believe in everyone getting outside and it being important. And I, you know, this summer, it's a wonderful thing. I think we saw many people get outside who haven't been outside that much before. So we want to be inclusive. Um, but at the same time, there is a tension of also needing to um, steward and take care of the resources that support this outdoor recreation. So I think we're going to have to really pay attention to that going forward and be explicit about that. Um, and I just hope as the pandemic goes forward, we are able to keep these um, resources, keep state parks, fishing access sites, wildlife management areas open, and our staff can stay safe in keeping them open. We saw it coming, but I think it really has brought to a head um, how people come to Montana for these resources, um, for that connection and that experience. And it, like I just said, um, for the next director to understand, it is a balancing act and it does require um, very deliberate attention on how you provide the opportunity and how you at the same time protect the resource that um, that offers the opportunity. Martha Williams is the outgoing director of the Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Martha, thanks for joining us on MCV Cast, and best of luck to you and whatever's next. Thanks, Aaron, and thanks, Whitney. The views of our guests on MCV Cast do not necessarily reflect the views of MCV, its staff, or its board of directors. That said, we appreciate Martha's leadership and commitment to the places that make the Treasure State so special. The Montana Outdoor Hall of Fame has announced its list of inductees for 2020. The Montana Outdoor Hall of Fame exists to honor individuals who have made lasting contributions to the restoration and conservation of Montana's wild animals, places, and rivers. 
these awards also capture some of the incredible stories and wisdom of Montana's conservationists, hopefully to inspire the next generation of great conservation leaders in our beautiful state. You can find a link to the 2020 list of inductees and how to watch the virtual award ceremony in our show notes. Montana Conservation Voters is hiring. We're currently welcoming applicants for a program director based in Helena who will work with MCV during the upcoming session of the Montana Legislature. It's a great position with lots of opportunity and we welcome all candidates. There's a link to the full job description and an instruction for applying in our show notes. The deadline to apply is 5 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday, December 11th. And we will leave you today with some encouraging climate news out of the University of California, Davis, involving cow belches. A new study shows that adding a certain type of red seaweed as a cattle feed supplement reduces methane emissions from cows by more than 80%. In other words, the seaweed species, Asparagopsis taxiformis, is the new beano that will make cows emit less methane. Worried about the taste? Well, taste testers report a good flavor, tenderness, and no impact to its smell. And that is news to look forward to. We want to thank you for listening to MCV Cast this year. Have a safe and healthy holiday season, and we will be back in the new year. Ah!